Mike Seibert Radio is an independent podcast. The views and opinions expressed are those of the host and the guests only and do not necessarily reflect those of any broadcasters that any of us either have been, am now, or will be affiliated with. Enjoy the show! And welcome back to Mike Seibert Radio. I am your host. If you'd like to get a hold of me, I am at Mike Seibert Radio on Twitter and Instagram, but not Facebook. Uh, we'll touch on that a little bit later. Uh, this is the podcast radio show where I talk about stuff and things that are on my mind every week, or in some cases, a couple times a week. And on uh, today's special episode, um, I, I've come to the realization that with all of the interview uh, shows that um, that we've done the last couple weeks and the ones we have coming up in the next few weeks, plus the um, uh, Mike and Mickey After Dark, the lost episodes that we've been doing. I've been doing a lot of episodes recently, but I also realized that... Um, that I didn't really carve out any space to do just uh, topics. You know, um, on this show, we do interviews, we highlight independent music, but we also do a little bit of pop culture news, and I love to tell my stories. And um, long story short, I just realized that I... um, um, And I just realized that some of the stuff that I want to talk about, by the time I get to it, it's going to be old news. So I uh, um, here is a, a very special weekend edition of Mike Cyber Radio. Um, got a bunch of stuff I want to cover, including a, uh, uh, a few thoughts on the Super Bowl from last week, including uh, some of those trailers that have uh, uh, not only were shown during the big game, but have come out since. Plus a, a couple odds and ends that I would like to talk about. Also, uh, my wife and I had the occasion to go to the movies recently, and I'm going to talk about Winchester, uh, the movie about the uh, famous haunted mansion, the Winchester Mystery House. I've got that coming up. Plus, um, I, I want to tell you a story about my adventures trying to set up a Facebook account. Uh, spoiler alert, it doesn't end well for me. Uh, all of that and more on this all-new episode of Mike Cybert Radio. But first, let's kick things off in our traditional fashion with some shout-outs. Shout it, shout- Well, first of all, I want to give a huge shout out to Raymond Hayden, my guest on last week's show, uh, taking the time to uh, interview with me and talk to me. Um, kind of, we we talked about the uh, state of the music union or the uh, uh, state of the music industry or union or I I don't remember what we called it, but it was a it was a really great conversation. Um, a lot of good insight and advice we talked about. We didn't necessarily agree on everything. I think I. 
I didn't realize that I was as much of a uh, starry-eyed dreamer as apparently I am. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, no, uh, uh, Ray shared some really good advice, as well as catching us up on his uh, projects like Grieve the Astronaut, um, as well as his work with Limberlost and Strangely Alright, and uh, his upcoming solo album, Accidental Grace. Uh, we also spent a good chunk of the time talking about the Tacoma Love Show. Now, if uh, if you happen to be listening to this on Saturday, the day that it drops, well, uh, head over to Real Art Tacoma because that show is tonight. If uh, um, if you happen to be listening past Saturday, well, shame on you. Um, or those of you that went, hey, wasn't that a kick-ass show? <laughs> now, we talked a lot about the Tacoma Love Show. You know, it's all about love for music, love for creative friends, and love for community. Uh, in honor of celebrating love during this Valentine's season, a gathering of Tacoma artists are going to share their original songs and raise money for two nonprofit organizations uh, serving some of the most challenged people in our community, giving back through music. Uh, the net proceeds from the Tacoma Love Show will be donated to the Pierce County YWCA, uh, transforming the lives of domestic violence victims through safety, healing, and empowerment, as well as the Community Resource Center at Lincoln High School, supporting homeless students in Tacoma. And, you know, what's better than watching your favorite local artist? Um, how about watching your favorite local artist covering your other favorite local artist stuff. Uh, this show's got a stacked lineup uh, featuring Kim Archer, Angie Lynn, uh, Sataria, Kristen Marlowe, Champagne Sunday, Sister Madam, Power Laces, Forrest Butel, and of course, Strangely All Right. Uh, that's right, you heard that correctly. These artists will be covering each other's original songs uh, like uh, like Ray and I talked about. They will be doing, um, uh, the sets will be relatively short, um, only, uh, only a few songs each, but they'll do like an original and a couple covers of each other's stuff. That is Saturday, February 10th at Real Art Tacoma, 5412 South Tacoma Way in Tacoma. That is an all-ages show as Real Art Tacoma is a uh, volunteer-staffed all-ages venue. Um, and again, if you do happen to be listening on Saturday, uh, doors are at 6.30 p.m. Show is at 7. That's going to be an incredible show. It's going to be a fun show. So if you need something really cool to do on your Saturday night, uh, head out and check out the Tacoma Love Show. And again, uh, uh, check out my interview with Raymond Hayden uh, talking about the state of the music industry and uh, the state of the music union and all of that other fun stuff. Uh, great times. I, I can't wait to uh, talk to Ray again in the future because he's got some other cool stuff that's going to be coming down uh, later this year that, um, uh, that I hope to be a part of and it's uh, and once I have more details I will share it with you um, I also have a few other show shout outs um, I, I'd like to take care of on this particular episode um, these are uh, other podcasters that have given me shout outs so I want to return the favor by giving them shout outs but I want to share some audio with you because you know the the thing that's um that you may not know 
is that um, creative people are sometimes uh, some of the most insecure people out there. And I know that I've uh, I've kind of had my challenges and struggles with um, what I'm doing with the show. It, it, you know, am I doing the best show for you possible? Am I giving you what you want? Am I, you know, to, to boil it all down, I, I, I get, I kind of get, in my head and up my own ass sometimes whether whether the show is any good i i um i struggle with that insecurity and i wonder sometimes um and you know i i i talk to friends in person or uh interact with people on social media and you know the feedback is always overwhelmingly positive uh but but it's interesting though when in the mindset of kind of an insecure person um if somebody rolls up to me and says hey mike i I like your show my first impulse is to be why <laughs> um but i mean so my goal of the show is to have fun and as i'm having fun hopefully you're having fun as well uh but anyway i i'm i'm, I'm getting off track a little bit um i uh, uh one of the things that that's really fun about being a uh, podcaster is that you have the opportunity to interact with other podcasts because, you know, we're all listeners, you know, wh- whether we do our own shows or not. I mean, I've, I've, I've found in, in my limited observation that the biggest audience for podcasts is other podcasters. I mean, I think we we all listen to each other's shows. Um, we support each other with uh, feedback and shout outs. And of course, you know, given the love out there on Twitter, um, you know, using uh, hashtag Potter and family and some of the other uh, offshoots of that. Um, I haven't talked about Potter and family a, a whole lot in uh, in recent episodes, but just as a, a quick reminder, because somebody asked me about it recently, you know, it's it's. At its very core and base, it's a uh, unofficial community of podcasters that, you know, when they use the tag and they see the tag, um, basically retweet and support other shows. Um, I, I use it a lot as uh, um, just a show discovery, you know, uh, finding new podcasts to listen to, to network with, to support and uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, as as I've told some of my other friends, you know, you get out of it what you put into it. So, you know, if um, like I, I, I've seen other podcasters that will just tag something hashtag Potter family and get upset that they're not seeing uh, um, a bunch of retweets. And it's like it's not an automatic thing. So if you use the tag and expect retweets, well, you need to do the work and network and retweet other shows, and theoretically, they'll be reciprocal. Um, I, I kind of find that I have like maybe like a, um, a roughly 60% uh, return rate. So like if, you know, um, if, I, if I do like 100 retweets of different shows, you know, I'll probably end up with like 60, um, you know, and and... and I, I don't know about you, but I'm I'm paying for this out of my pocket because it's fun. You know, it's it's not like I'm making money on the show or anything like that. So it's it, it's not like we're we're spending money on advertising like a, like a lot of the bigger shows out there. So you know, we kind of as independent podcasters have to kind of you know rely on each other to kind of give the word of mouth. Um, so anyway, so. 
Um, and, and I'd like to play for you some of the audio. One, just to, you know, uh, uh, hear these people give me shout outs again, because I, you know, I, I've, I've talked about this plenty. Uh, one of the things that originally drew me to uh, want to do radio, uh, whether it's uh, podcasting or broadcasting live or, or whatever, but what, what drew me to radio as kind of my creative outlet is uh, um, hearing people that I was a fan of um, uh, call out my name and talk about me on on their shows, on their on their podcasts, on their radio shows. It's like there's there there's a, a, a special uh, twingy feeling that comes with that when uh, when I hear my name on on a show. I mean, even now, as as I'm a podcaster on my own, I still get that same kick when I hear another podcaster uh, mention my name or uh, uh, talk about how I interact with them on the show, and it's it's just a really cool feeling. And one of the things I've always wanted to do, even going all the way back to uh, my college radio days, was uh, to pass that forward. That's why, um, you know, I, I do the shout out segment. That's that's why that's uh, why that's kind of important to me. Um, so I'm going to play some audio for you now. Uh, this uh, this first clip is from the Countdown TV and Movie Reviews podcast with Paul and Wayne. They do an awesome uh, uh, pop culture review show out of Perth, Australia. They count down movies and occasionally TV shows um, in order of awesomeness so you don't have to. It's that simple. And and they're one of the uh, the great shows on the Podfix Network. It is one of my uh, very favorite podcasts that that um, that I listen to every week. And um, as you'll hear in this clip, um, over like oh I don't know I think it's been about a year or so now. Um, I uh, I like to interact with them in a uh, very specific way. So anyway, so here's what Paul and Wayne had to say on a uh, recent episode uh, during their recount segment. Paul, what we get from the web this week? This week, pretty short recount, which is nice. We're going to kick it off with good friend to the show, a great podcast, his own right, Mike Siebert, who wanted this to say, which is very, very fitting. Hmm. These new soundboard drops are on point, man. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Wonder why you picked this one, you fucking shit. He also wanted to weigh on last week's show, which was, of course, the top 10 movie opening scenes. Now, Mike has a habit of this show. Hmm. Of wherever he can, shoehorning in Transformers, the movie. Oh, that, yes, thing. The cartoon from 1986. Understandable, understandable. And he said, finally, a countdown where I can make Transformers, the movie, fit the brief. <laughs> the cold opening perfectly sets the tone. It's the most beautifully animated scene in the movie, and it, the score is as iconic as it is haunting. You got the top. I don't know if that's the one. That might be, <laughs> might be in, I don't know. I don't know if I've even seen this film. You have. I We've definitely know. seen it back in the Disney. I don't know. I just do <laughs> not know. <laughs> uh, uh, thanks a lot, guys. Uh, very much appreciated. And um, you know, so so they'll they'll put it out like the um, week or so before what the brief for that particular episode is, and you know they they encourage listener feedback. In fact, that's uh, that's uh, the segment that they close out the show with. But I uh, I stumbled upon this thing where. They 
they they just I forget what it was. It was like uh, one countdown was like movies under ninety minutes. Then the next one was like uh, best animated movies. Um, I hit like this streak where I could make Transformers the movie fit every brief. And then you know sometimes I kind of pulled it a little too hard. Sometimes it it just happens to uh, work just right. But I I, I like to think that I have a, a, a notorious or infamous reputation at this point for. Uh, I'm suggesting Transformers the movie. I mean, I um, I, I do occasionally uh, suggest other movies, but not often. I, I it's usually Transformers or nothing for me. And uh, uh, speaking of that, that brings me to the next clip I'd like to share with you, and and that's why I wanted to kind of pair these up uh, because one of the other podcasts that uh, that I've really really enjoyed, I've uh, uh, discovered it. I want to say back in October or something. It's uh, the Autopod Decepticast, where it is your minute-by-minute recap of 1986's Transformers the movie. It is uh, it is one of those uh, minute podcasts where every week uh, Aaron, Ryan, and Caleb uh, talk about the movie. Of, uh, they break down everything that happened in that particular minute um, and they've got a lot of cool trivia and it's uh, it's just really fun conversations and as I, I started from episode one and went um, all the way through, I'm all Almost caught up to them being live. Like I think I'm listening to episode 43 currently, and I think uh, they're uh, setting to release episode 48 uh, this week. So I'm I'm really really close. Uh, but the thing that I I really like about their show is that um, as they've gone on, they've created new segments, and a lot of them have uh, come up organically. Like you know they have a script deviation segment where they're talking about. Um, early drafts of the script compared with uh, the final film. And and it is just bug nuts crazy how violently different uh, that uh, that first draft of the script or early draft of the script is uh, compared with what the final movie is, and and it's kind of interesting because they have they have two different ones. So I think one is like a super early draft, and the other one is a is a later draft. Um, I have a um, I have a copy of the script myself. And it's interesting. I, I haven't looked at it in quite some time, uh, but the copy I have is virtually unreadable because I think what it is, it's both versions of the script that these guys have. I mean, like uh, uh, Ryan reads one and Caleb reads the other one, but um, the one I have kind of uh, alternates and goes back and forth. So it's like, as I, I've never printed it, but scrolling through on my PC, it's like it'll have one page where it's like super bonkers, and then the next page goes... To, I mean, it's it's completely out of order. And like, like I said, and, and I don't think... Uh, and, and, you know, aside from being in the PDF reader, I don't think any of the pages are numbered. So it's like, so what I found that I do is I, if, if there's something like in particular, I want to find out something about like a particular character, like, you know, I can just do a, you know, search and find for, you know, Megatron or Galvatron or Optimus Prime or Ingester, uh, Ingester and Victory, (laughs) um, so I'm actually going to share uh, two clips uh, uh, with you from uh, from their podcast. Uh, the first one is where they uh, uh, they give me a shout out, 
And, you know, and I want to call uh, a special attention to them because they uh, uh, one, one of the things that's most flattering is that they got my name right. Now, I, I have a, you know, as you know, you know, you hear me talk about myself in the third person. And, you know, I've called the show Mike Seibert Radio after myself. Um, but the spelling is challenging. You know, it's S-E-I-B-E-R-T. Most people pronounce it Siebert. In fact, uh, my name brother, uh, Matt Siebert, um, out of uh, uh, who hosts the Mr. BS Show podcast out of Colorado, you know, we, we've, uh, you know, joked about that a couple times. He and I spell it exactly the same way. He pronounces it Siebert. I pronounce it cybert it's funny how i say that like as if he matt and i had like uh this was like a decision that we came to no it wasn't anything like that but uh but anyway it it, it's always especially flattering for me when somebody gets my name right like this happens to me every once in a while like if um like if uh um i'm talking to somebody on the phone and they say oh well hey mr cybert and and it always makes me squeak my sneakers a little bit because i'm like wait you got it right. That's that's not right. Because I I'm, I just you know I, I don't correct people. I I don't care. Um, I I've even joked a few times that I should probably just professionally change it to Siebert. That that way I don't get that 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 uh, tension in the back of my neck when uh, when people get it wrong. Um, uh, but anyway, it's it it doesn't really bother me. Uh, when people mispronounce it, uh, but it does put a smile on my face when people get it right. Uh, we got a few shout outs to speak of. Okay. Uh, first of all, I would like to give a little thanks to Mike Seibert of the Seibert Radio. He gave us a nice mention on his show, and I'd have to say I enjoyed his show as well. Yeah. I hadn't listened to it before, and I listened to it completely out of vanity. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I think I'm going to keep on listening. Yeah. It's really cool. It's a nice, uh, you know, pop culture, kind of geek culture podcast. And I have to say, it kind of made me jealous just because he's way more articulate than me yeah. personally he and has better. a better voice than me. And just it's just a more balanced professional yeah. podcast in he every does, way. He does talk better than we do. <laughs> you, got that out, you got it out. I tried about three times. I know. I was listening to you struggle. <laughs> but then it actually makes it, it even worked. better. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so um, so the the next clip I'm I'm gonna share with you has nothing to do with me. It's not a shout out at all, but um, that that shout out that you just heard was from their Christmas episode, and um, I uh, I was a fan of their show from episode one when they first referred to the Lithonians as space wizards and mixing potions. That's something in 31 years of watching that movie I had never thought of before, and it just it just cracked me up. Um, so I, I really appreciate their their insight on the movie and the characters. But this uh, this uh, next bit, like I had mentioned, they've, they've come up with a couple few segments, and one of them is uh, the iconic moment where uh, in that particular minute they choose something that was a especially iconic, whether it's a line of dialogue or um, a frame of animation or just something that happens that makes that particular minute of uh, the 1986 Transformers, the movie, um, especially iconic, because it, it's it's kind of surprising that like in just about every minute, there's something that's iconic to somebody there. And um, and 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 I'm sharing this clip with you um, just because 
it made me laugh so freaking hard. I uh, the first time I heard it, I was driving to work, and um, I uh, <laughs> I almost wrecked my car because I was laughing so hard. Like I I could I could feel like my organs seizing up because I was laughing so hard. Um, like my sides were aching, but also like like my eyes were watering and squinting up. I I have not laughed this hard in uh in, in a very very long time. So and. You know, I and and I've listened to this particular bit several times, and every time I think about, it, even like when I was doing my show prep and doing my notes, I I just started cracking up because you know, even not listening to it, it just it just makes me snicker so much. So here is the iconic moment segment uh, from episode number forty one of the Autopod Decepticast. Um, not just talking about that particular minute, but also the sad, sad tale of the ghost of Transformers Christmas Future. Oh, don't we generally uh, do like a... A what? A thing? Uh, Oh, 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 wait a minute. This is that... I guess this must be that third ghost. I am the ghost of the iconic moment. And also (laughs) the ghost... Of Transformers Christmas, Christ- Christmas. All right, take it again. You can do it. Nope. You can Christmas. 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 I'm the ghost of the iconic moment, and also the ghost of Transformers Christmas. Did I do it again. Uh, so are you trying to say Christmas, Pat? Yes. Christmas future. Yes, I am. <laughs> okay. So, you know, we haven't got a chance to talk a lot. You show up around every episode. What what do you do? I talk about the iconic moments. But you don't really. You just show up, say that, and then disappear. We kind of all talk about that. I'm the ghost of an iconic moment. Do you have something to teach us? Was a I'm was an iconic moment. Okay. And now I'm a ghost of that iconic oh. moment. Okay. So But also oh. I'm a ghost of Transformers Christmas. 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 No Christmas future. So is that like having two jobs like during the day you kinda work at like a local convenience store? Pro but bono! The... It's pro bono! <laughs> All of it? All of it! <laughs> I actually have a regular paying job as a clerk at TJ Maxx. <laughs> wow. So this is your busy, really your busy time of year. Yes. Being a Christmas ghost of Transformers yes. and retail. They're making me work extra hours. I have to work until 11 at night and face product. I'm so sick of it. Industry terms. I'm glad that you found the time to come on by. They come didn't in here. give me a Christmas bonus. A bonus. Bonus. So you, you are the ghost of iconic moments. So are you the remnants of iconic moments that have died somehow? I was an iconic moment. Okay, I guess you yeah, expect, I did, I expect I that you covered it. And now I'm a, a ghost. It's really hard to explain this on Tinder when I'm trying to get someone to date. Uh, I, I brought someone to my Christmas party at TJ Maxx. <laughs> well, and, at least they have a party for you guys. Yes, but it was really lame this year's. This year it was at a Ryan's Steak. 
Wow, that's and the food was really terrible. What the worst part is like that's that restaurant closed like a year and a half ago. We played Secret Santa and I keep getting stuck with the gift card that is for the What's the gift card for? Gift card was for Spencer's gifts. Oh wow. That shitty store in the mall? Yes. Like they I have need dildos. another Green Day T-shirt. <laughs> well, you could also get the sphere with the like lightning inside of it. Oh, yeah, that you touch. Can you touch things? No. <laughs> then how do you swipe on Tinder? It's very difficult. It's sort of really hard. You got to concentrate like the I ghost, don't know why like I did. the guy in Ghost. It's okay. I think we sort of understand why your your role is the voice of the iconic moment, but. Uh, I don't understand your role as the ghost of Christmas future. Do you need to take us into the future and show us what the what? world is going to be like if we yes, don't like, things change that things may around? Be. Come with me. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> Look. Oh. What do you see around you? It's kind of hazy. TJ Maxx. <laughs> this is me on Christmas Eve. So this is your future? It sucks. So, okay. I have no date. <laughs> I'm working here in the stationery department. Oh, I'm there's gonna... an old redheaded lady come up. She looks really angry. That's like... my date from Tinder. <laughs> she doesn't look like her picture at all. I need to hide. What a horrible future. I feel like, so this is, you just are really upset about your future. You don't, it's not about us at all. You just want to show us how bad it is for you. For you. Yes. All right. Now we're going back. Oh. 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 Bye-bye, you asshole. Okay, wow. He doesn't like it. All, he doesn't like us either. I don't even know what, how we did to mistreat him. He just shows up. I didn't even, I don't we even didn't summon, summon him. him from, yeah. Uh, hey. hey, guys. How's it going? <laughs> hey. You were pretty quiet during that whole <laughs> well, thing. Well, no, I didn't come along with you guys on that one. Oh, oh. you're in the cellar. That's right. <laughs> no, dude. I was over here. <laughs> it's, it's too much. Yes. <laughs> See, uh, you know, and it's it's probably not as funny as I think it is, but it's just um, uh, I, I think it's the voice more than anything. Uh, your mileage may vary, but it just it, it just it just cracks me the hell up. Um, but anyway, I uh, um, I reached out to um, I, I reached out to them on Twitter. I I have. I have no idea which one of the three people actually uh, operates their Twitter account, but I, uh, you know, put out the invitation to have them on the show um, at some point. So uh, we we haven't quite ironed out the logistics of it yet, but sometime in the future, um, Aaron, Ryan, and Caleb from the Autopod Decepticast will be a guest on the show, and uh, um, I, I have no idea what we're going to talk about, but I think uh, one of the things that that has really gripped my attention about their show is that it's done by people that are my own age. Um, I listen to a lot of podcasts and most of them are done by people that are younger than me, sometimes a lot younger than me. And and it's kind of interesting how just a couple years um, in age difference can create almost like a generation gap. Like, uh, like uh, for example, you've, uh, you know, frequent co-host uh, Killing Spree. Um, uh, he and I are kind of in the same age group, but he's uh, he's a few years younger than me. And because of that, you know, we have like, 
you know, different tastes in pop culture. Like, you know, he's way more into uh, Jurassic Park and Ninja Turtles, and I'm more into Transformers and G.I. Joe. You know, and I think that's kind of where you can gauge where you fit in with your friends. You know, it's like, what what is the childhood stuff that you're into? Like, um, you know, it's like I've got people that... Um, like, like I know folks that are like super into Ghostbusters. Um, it and and I think the movie came out at a time where I wasn't quite ready for it. Um, but I also have friends that are younger than me that were super into the toys and the uh, the Saturday morning cartoon and Slimer and all that stuff. And for whatever reason, that that uh, that just um, never quite clicked and resonated with me. You know, it's like, you know, I, I liked it OK. Um, same thing with Ninja Turtles. You know, it's like I, I don't have the voracious obsession that a lot of folks uh, have with Ninja Turtles. And, you know, now now that we're getting into like 90s nostalgia, I mean, you know, you've seen that like, you know, Power Rangers nostalgia is a thing. I mean, like you run into fan communities that are as into Power Rangers as I am Transformers. Um, so that's that's kind of a, kind of an interesting paradigm shift and and makes you feel very, very old. Uh, but anyway, I uh, um, uh, listening to these guys, they uh, they they've in 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 the last handful of episodes I've listened to, they've made reference to the rivalry between Brandy and Aaliyah. Uh, uh, Brandy, all ding dong day, by the way. Uh, but they've also talked about like the video toaster and Channel One News. You know, and and for me, that's that's middle school, high school stuff, and that's uh, I don't, I cannot remember the last time I've heard somebody uh, make a Channel One news reference. Um, uh, so it, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what we what we get into when we uh, uh, connect sometime in the future. Um, if you want to know more about the Autopod Decepticast, you can follow them on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at Apoddcast. Or you can check out their website, autopoddecepticast.com. It cracks me up. They keep referring to it as their web presence. And I mean, I, I love presence. Um, I, I don't know if a website gives me presents or not, but uh, but no, it, it's a cool website and uh, they've got a lot of, you know, supplemental material for the podcast and uh, and stuff like that. <laughs> All right, so we got a jam-packed show today, so I'm going to try to get through as much of this as possible before I run out of time. Uh, but I wanted to talk about uh, Winchester, a movie that my wife and I went to go see uh, recently. And uh, here, here's the description from IMDb. Uh, ensconced in her sprawling California mansion, eccentric firearm heiress Sarah Winchester believes she is haunted by the souls of people killed by the Winchester repeating rifle. So, um, so here's the deal. This is a PG 13 horror movie and my, uh, my wife and I are not really horror movie fans. Like I, I'm kind of a lapsed horror hound. Um, like I, I, um, you know, I, I was way into slasher flicks, uh, back in the eighties when I was a kid, like, you know, Friday the 13th is still my favorite horror franchise. I, I do have a soft spot for Jason. I, uh, you know, I, I really like the those movies, but, um, I'm not so much into contemporary horror movies. I'm kind of like, uh, I, I guess I would say I'm uh, a somewhat retired, uh, horror movie fan. Like, uh, 
Um, like, yeah, it's it's just not my thing. Uh, but anyway, uh, we uh, uh, this uh, this movie is based on the legend of the Winchester Mystery House, uh, the uh, the mansion in San Jose, California, and basically it it's um it, it's kind of like a. It's an American haunted house. It's kind of like a a roadside attraction where it's this uh, gigantic sprawling mansion. And as the legend goes, uh, Sarah Winchester had the house in in a state of constant construction, uh, basically to keep away the uh, the bad spirits. Uh, what she believed were the ghosts of people that were killed by the Winchester rifle, and it's uh it's 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 odd and it's wonderful. Like like the house is is really cool. There's like you know like uh you know like there's stairways to nowhere. There's uh, uh doors that open to other doors and uh you know. It's 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 kind of difficult to describe, but it's 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 just something that's that's really really cool. And um, and my wife and I both separately have kind of been like enamored with this place. We had both visited on uh, on vacations. Ironically enough, though, and you know, kind of like how you you misremember things. I thought I remembered that she and I went to this together and went on the uh, the mystery house tour together. No, we did it on completely separate uh, vacations. There's just enough shared commonality in the way that we remember things that, like, when we talk about it, it's like we were both there at the same time. It was one of, one of those weird things that you know, I I just straight up remembered wrong but I've always been fascinated with the uh, Winchester house I always thought it was really cool so like when um when she saw that there was a movie coming out about it I um I was pretty enthusiastic you know and it stars Helen Mirren who's uh um generally pretty awesome I mean I think one of the the it, it's the dumbest thing but I think one of the the favorite roles of mine of hers was in red you know the um based upon the graphic novel but she plays like this uh you know aging assassin lady but I there there's um there's an iconic moment in this movie where she's got like this giant machine gun and she's just like gunning down all these people in this party parking garage and the thing that's so cool is like you know how like in most action movies like actors wear uh, sunglasses like that's why in the matrix everybody is wearing sunglasses because like you know when you fire off a gun you blink you wince you know you you know you do a lot of stuff with your eyes you close your eyes and any time that Helen Mirren is shown firing a gun in uh, in that movie in red she never blinks and I always just thought that that was just, you know, like the coolest, most badass uh, acting thing ever. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, you know, Helen Mirren is so awesome. She doesn't need sunglasses. So anyway, so I mean, I think she's a great actress and I, I thought she would be really awesome as uh, Sarah Winchester. Uh, the movie also stars uh, Jason Clark uh, from... Uh, um, Oh hell! What was he in? Oh, he was in that that god awful Terminator movie, Genesis, Genesis, uh, 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 Terminator Genesis, where he uh, was is like the fifth person to play John Connor um, with all the silly putty on his face. Um, I uh, he was also in Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, the second one, uh, where they're building dams for for almost three hours. Uh, but I uh, uh, he first got on my radar uh, from from a short lived uh, TV show from uh, several years ago now. On 
on Fox called The Chicago Code, where it's, you know, it's it's a cop show uh, where like Delroy Lindo is like, you know, like the, the corrupt alderman and Jason Clark is the detective and uh, and Jennifer Beals is there also. Um, really cool, underrated show. Only lasted one season, like uh, like uh, 13 episodes. But um, uh, check out The Chicago Code. It's 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 a very solid uh, cop show. We'll have loved to have seen that uh, continue. But but I digress. Uh, I mean, so I mean, we're we're kind of predisposed to like this movie regardless of if it's any good. I mean, you know, we've decided to pay a ticket. We're going to check it out. Um, and the the first thing that struck me is like the um, the opening of it is, you know, it's a it's a huge, beautiful shot. I, I'm not going to get into any spoilers, by the way, but I just want to set this thing up where it's, you know, it's like an opening shot of the Winchester Mansion and just the way the titles come up. It looks very cheap. And that kind of continues throughout the entire movie. This this movie looks very cheap. And quite frankly, I'm surprised this movie got a theatrical release. But what the thing that's kind of interesting is like, you know, you go to your local movie theater and there's like, you know, the the featured screen, you know, like the one that's got a few more seats. The screen's a little bigger. You know, it's the one that that weekend's movie goes in. You know, usually it's got like, you know, your your superhero sci fi action movie, you know, the the big marquee movie. Well, at a, at, at my theater, that movie was Winchester because that was the movie that came out. So it's like when when. Uh, the nice lady brings up the screen for us to pick our seats. It's like, oh, oh, you're putting that in 16? Oh, okay, that's uh, good for you. But yeah, this this movie looks like it should be uh, like straight to Netflix, straight to DVD, uh, straight to home video. Um, um, I, I intentionally didn't read any uh, uh, critical response to it or anything like that. When in cold, uh, just based upon the trailer, you know, it's like there was a bunch of jump scares and things like that. Um, and to our surprise, one, the movie is not good. It, it's not especially great, but that doesn't mean that we disliked it. Now, make of that what you will, because my wife and I um, uh, kind of liked uh, The Dark Tower when that came out uh, last summer, Ma- basically because it was just um, a cool, breezy 90 minutes. Who cares if it's good or not? It was just, you know, it's uh, um, I I. I think like if a movie is 90 minutes and is terrible, it doesn't really have as much opportunity to wear out its welcome, like say like a movie that's over two hours. Like uh, I know my man Killing Spree uh, notoriously hates uh, Blade Runner 2049. um, And I think a lot of that is because of the length and, you know, it it, kind of wears out its welcome. It gives you time to think about why you don't like the movie and why it's so bad. And I think I think I ran into some of those same problems with uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi. You know, it's like you're there hip deep in it long enough to realize that you probably don't like the movie. But, you know, like something like uh, like Winchester, it's over before you realize that um, that the movie's not especially good. I mean, like there there's some, uh, you know, there's tons of jump scares. There's a lot of uh, cliched uh, PG-13 horror stuff in there. Um, but I liked it fine. Um, the thing that I liked is they did um, a lot of filming. I think it was mostly exteriors of the actual Winchester Mansion, and those shots look really cool. 
Um, I don't know if they actually did any filming inside of it, but it was interesting, though, because if they created sets for it, the sets are pretty damn good because there are some things that, like, as my wife and I were discussing afterward, we remember very vividly and very fondly from the uh, Winchester Mystery House uh, tour that that you can go on. Like, there's a, there's a famous, like, staircase to nowhere. You know, it just, it, it you open up a closet door and it just has a staircase case that's all that's in there or like there's an especially long and wide uh, staircase because uh, Sarah Winchester had arthritis and basically instead of like a steep staircase it's a a wider longer uh, kind of, kind of, sort of spiraling staircase to where you know, with uh, shallow steps and things like that. Um, so, so there, there are a lot of iconic locations from the actual place that if they didn't film there, they actually did a pretty damn good job uh, recreating. Now, there are some of the exterior shots, like there's, you know, like there, there's there's some destruction, like, uh, um, you know, quaking angry ghosts that kind of shake loose some bricks and stuff. That stuff looks fake as hell. And you can tell that that not only is it a set, but it's a pretty cheap set. There, There's nothing behind that uh, that plywood facade. Uh, but anyway, after, um, you know, a- after my wife and I talked about it, we, you know, decided that we liked the movie okay. Uh, but then I decided to uh, go on the internet and check out Rotten Tomatoes, where that film holds an approval rating of 11%, uh, based upon uh, 71 reviews. Uh, the consensus is, like a grand staircase within the famous mansion that inspired it, Winchester appears poised to get a rise out of audiences, but ultimately leads nowhere. And, you know, I, I, I can't disagree with that. And I can't recommend this movie um, unless you, like myself, like my wife, if you happen to have been on the Winchester uh, Mystery House tour um, or you know of it or anything like that, um, it, it's, it, it's kind of cool. And again, like I said, I, I, I really liked how they incorporated, uh, you know, the architecture and some of the, the specific things from the house into the movie. Like, you know, some of them actually serve specific purposes to the plot. And I, I, I really thought that was kind of neat. Now, there was a there was one glaring omission from the movie, and it, it's not a spoiler because it's something from the actual uh, Winchester Mansion, and uh, one of the rooms that you go through on the tour is called the Seance Room, and this is basically where, um, as as the legend goes, uh, Sarah Winchester had like a uh, clairvoyant or psychic or seer or or um, fortune teller of some kind, and basically they they would commune. Uh, supposedly with these angry spirits. And that's where they would, you know, where, where Sarah Winchester got the idea um, that the house would need to be in a state of constant construction uh, to, uh, again, make these uh, spirits satisfied. Um, they kind of do like a version of it in the movie where like Helen Marin is kind of in a, in a trance and like scribbles out sketches. I think that's in the trailer. I don't think that's a spoiler. Um, uh, but anyway, I, one of the things that I, I remembered walking in uh, to this seance room is it feels spooky. The the only way I can describe it is it it's like um 
It was like like um, um, uh, standing next to a magnet or or something that's you know kind of like like a static electricity type of type of feel to it it was really it was really kind of spooky like i i'm not especially uh superstitious or spiritual or whatever but yeah going into that séance room that that was that was some spooky stuff um so yeah i you know as a as a uh, fan of the actual thing, I, uh, I I am a little disappointed that that wasn't incorporated. But again, it's a it's it's a movie, and I'm not I'm not necessarily looking for Winchester House fan service. Um, but it, it is kind of a wasted opportunity because like it, it's it's an American haunted house, and I think it, I think it's a really cool, fascinating story, and I think it's one that's worth telling. I just don't think that this was necessarily the uh, uh, the best telling of that. So I guess kind of like a, a lukewarm light recommend for Winchester. <sighs> Out of time again. But you know what? I got a lot more I want to talk about. I've uh, I want to tell you the story about how I was on Facebook for 14 hours. Um, I've also uh, got a couple other things I want to talk about, including introducing you to the executive producer of the Mike Cyber Radio podcast. Um, and I want to tell you about um, a few things that we've got coming up in the next few episodes, including my exclusive interview with Kyle Stevens from Seattle Nerd Rockers Kirby Crackle as well as Lucia Fasano. Both of those uh, folks will be joining me separately, and we're going to be talking about Crackle Fest 8, which is going to be happening March 2nd at the Hard Rock Cafe in downtown Seattle in conjunction with Emerald City Comic Con. And speaking of Comic Con, um, I'm going to have on Jason Halverson from Costume Characters for Causes, uh, Tony Stark, Iron Man himself. Uh, he's going to be joining me in a couple weeks, and we're going to be talking, um, amongst other things, um, a, uh, a Funko uh, Proto Auction uh, that um, I'm really excited to hear more about because I know uh, I know we're all into those exclusive Funko Pops, so they're, uh, they're doing something really cool at the CBC4C uh, photo booth. Um, I can't wait to talk to him. Also, um, in the... In the works is I'm going to be talking to a uh, heavy metal legend who just happens to be living in the Seattle area. Uh, my uh, my good buddy Mike Burt from Limberlost is uh, making some connections for us, and we will have um, an exclusive interview. I'm not going to give you too much detail now, but uh, be listening in uh, future episodes for more announcements about that. All that and more in a brand new all-new episode of Mike Seibert Radio. Uh, come back tomorrow. Uh, check your feeds. Look for that. Another exclusive episode. Because uh, for the next few weeks, we're still going heavy interviews on uh, on those Tuesday episodes. So, um, like I said, I just uh, I had a bunch of stuff. I didn't realize that I had a month worth of topics to share. Uh, but anyway, I'll, uh, I'll be back tomorrow uh, for Mike Seibert Radio. My name is Mike. And until next time, make good choices.